over the last six weeks, we have been having conversations all around social media here on the Small Church Media Podcast. We talked about the truth of social media, why most social media posts fail, different types of social media posts that actually work for your church, the often forgotten parts of social media that honestly make a big impact, and then social media trends for 2023. Well, I figured we needed to have one more episode around one really key important, I would say, social media plan and strategy that small churches have tried to use for many, many years and to ask the question of, is this idea still worth it? What is that idea? Should small churches be using Facebook groups for their church? But before we jump into that conversation, I want to let you know that this episode of the Small Church Media Podcast is sponsored by Hashtag.Church. Now, the last two episodes have also been sponsored by the Hashtag.Church crew, and they officially launched Hashtag.Church 2.0. I've been talking with my good friend Bobby King about the launch, and I am so, oh man, pumped is probably the best word I could use to talk about hashtag church 2.0. So hashtag dot church started off as a service-based industry, which, which we talked about a little bit, where you can have different types of social media or websites or service series graphics, basically whatever you need done for your church by way of media, hashtag dot church was your one-stop solution. And it was so so much cheaper than hiring just one person in your church to do all of these things for you. But Hashtag.church 2.0 entire vision is what can they do to create resources and content to help small churches like our own use media well. It has the exact same vision as the small church.media podcast. And next week, we're bringing Bobby King here onto the show to talk all about hashtag church 2.0. But here's what you need to know about it right now, okay? They have created and have already started cons uh, compiling, consolidating resources designed to serve small churches like yours. So head over to, you can go to hashtag.church or use the better one, use my link, smallchurch.media forward slash hashtag church. Well, guys, let's jump into this episode where we're talking about Facebook group for small churches. You guys ready? Let's get it. This is the Small Church Media Podcast with Mark Hyde. Well, what is good, everybody? And welcome back to the Small Church Media Podcast. If you are new to the podcast because of my way of introduction over at the podcast interview I recently did over at 200 churches, I just want to say welcome to the Small Church Media Podcast community. The podcast is kind of what started it all, but as a, I would say, subsidiary of the podcast, it's more it became a way of, as we were talking about different resources, that I would just create those resources, and I wanted to give them all away to you guys for completely free. You can see that we have a free resource library over at smallchurch.media, free resources such as social media graphics, sermon series graphics, uh, web website, downloadable PDF audits, and my personal favorite, a mini course where in literally just a few hours, you can learn how to use Canva free using all free resources, using all free tools to make sermon media graphics for your church, which let's be honest, that that that, that just don't suck because we, <laughs> we live in a digital culture, so we need to make sure we're doing really well with our media. So the last six weeks, this is week number seven, we've been talking all about social media because social media is probably the one thing that small churches know they need to do. They try to do it, and let's be honest, maybe we don't feel like we do it super well, or maybe even if we feel like we are doing it well, it seems like it's so, so hard to get traction on social media because as social media 
media, as the years have gone on, rather, with social media, the rules have completely changed. It used to be like on Instagram where you would just scroll, and then when you had reached the bottom of your feed for the day, it would just say, um, no new post for you. And be like, All right, I'm done with Instagram. Facebook was very similar, but now we are living in a pay-to-play universe where if you want to see your content, you A, have to make really, really good content. B, people have to be willing to interact with it all the time. But if you really want to make an impact with your content, you really need to pay to boost it to put it in front of more people. And to kind of solve the issue, what a lot of churches have started to do instead of having a Facebook page, which we're going to talk about here today, is start a Facebook group for their church. And today, we're going to be talking about this whole idea of what are Facebook groups, which I'm sure you guys already know what they are, so we're not going to spend too much time there. But where we're going to spend most of our time is should churches use Facebook groups? And then asking the question of, okay, so if we're going to use them, when should we use Facebook groups? And if we decide not to, what can you do instead? So to get ready for this whole conversation, <laughs> I, I, I do understand the irony of what I'm actually about to say to you all, but I went into one of the Facebook groups that I'm a part of, Church Communications, which has literally 32,500 members. It's one of my favorite Facebook groups out there. If you are not a part of it, just go do it. This is a shameless plug, not promoted, not sponsored, nothing like that, but Katie is one of the most amazing people out there. She is the, the she's not the brain. Kenny is actually more of the brain behind it, but she runs that whole group over there. She is brilliant. I've been featured on their show and their workshops and stuff like that. So make sure you head over to Church Communications Facebook group. But inside of that group, I asked the question, of how are you all using Facebook groups for your church? And then I kind of gave a little intro into the idea because for me, when I was pastoring a small church, we did, well, I have, I shouldn't say small church because some people might get mad at me, but the church of 220 people we had, we had a Facebook group. And to be honest with you, ain't nobody used it. In fact, probably the only people that used it was like one or two people. And they probably abused the fact that they were in that Facebook group, but, but it doesn't matter. But I basically just asked the question of how are you guys using Facebook groups in your church? So the church I, I, I was a part of, am a part of, we have one, but no one seems to use it. So I wanted to see what these other churches were doing. And I was met with a myriad of answers, but they all kind of point to one central point. Here's some of those answers that people gave to that question. One person said, we have a men's group and a women's group, again, on Facebook, and the women's group is a lot more active. They post prayer requests and sometimes just general, quote unquote, who can help me with this type of things? Another person said, we have a women's prayer group and a chat room inside of that group, which is a newer thing that Facebook just kicked out. But for their church, they only have a women's prayer group, Facebook group. Another person said, we have a private group and it's very active. The majority of our congregation uses Facebook, so it's been a helpful tool for us. During the pandemic, we started doing Sunday afternoon live prayer meetings with our pastor, and we still do that. People share prayer requests, updates during the week, and we will do some reminders and conversation starters, but it's mostly organic. Another person said, we don't uh, we don't have one since our general group uses WhatsApp already, so we just utilize that. I consider later Facebook group creation, but I figured no one is likely to use it compared to WhatsApp since we're already active over there. Another person says, we use our members only group for internal communication for church members and regular attendees for prayer requests and things like that. Anyone can post inside of the group, but 
pretty much no one does. They'll just send me an email, text, or a private message asking me to post on their behalf inside of the group, which is honestly really weird. Hardly anyone likes to post, but being the admin of the group, I can see who has seen the post, which is one benefit. And then another person commented and said, we don't have one for our church. Some smaller church clients that we have, though, a very active private group. So kind of the answers that I got from these people is some people have Facebook groups and they don't use it. However, a lot of smaller churches have these Facebook groups and it's been a useful tool for them. So the question that we have to talk about is, should we use a Facebook group for our church? And before we ask the question of, should we use a Facebook group for our church? We first need to ask the question of why were Facebook groups even created in the first place? And what do most people use Facebook groups for? Well, Facebook groups were created by Facebook, obviously, to provide community to Facebook users around ideas, topics, and life. Basically, what Facebook did was they created the idea of chat rooms, support channels, group messaging, uh, photo sharing apps, and have it all together living inside of Facebook. Because what Facebook was trying to do is be the one in all, be all content platform for people across the world. And so as Facebook started to grow, people just had profiles. Well, then they started realizing, no, people have similar interests or hobbies or questions or jobs. And let's st- like start creating groups for so that way people can start to have these conversations inside of, you know, inside of Facebook. So they, they can get off MySpace, they can get off chat rooms, they can do whatever they need to do over there. But Facebook could be the central place where people come for information no matter what the subject is. And in fact, for me, I'm a part of a ton of different Facebook groups based on different parts of life and in different parts of my life. In fact, I'm in a part of a ton of different church uh, communications and creatives and graphics Facebook groups. And we actually had a Facebook episode, I'll link this in the show notes, about what are the uh, how to stay relevant in social media. And we talked about a lot of different Facebook groups you should be a part of. So I'll link to that episode in the show notes. But I also am part of a lot of other different Facebook groups, such as how to use different types of website builders that I use, SEO ones, blogging, tips and tricks for how to build and use very specific types of tools for e-commerce platforms. Uh, The other podcasts that are on, Real Talk Christian Podcast, we also have an online Facebook group that right now I'm looking at it. I think it has, uh, it tells me a lot faster on mobile, but I think we're yeah, it's not showing me right now. Oh, here it is. We have 564 members over there. And Facebook groups are an easy way for people to come around one single idea, one single group, or one common purpose to have further conversations online and build, here's the main kicker, community online rather than in person. So, so many small churches look at Facebook and they say, hey, this would be a great way to bring all of our church people together. We can post updates and pictures and share prayer requests and all these different things. However, maybe your small church feels this where you created this Facebook grape, uh, Facebook grape, that, that'd be kind of a funny idea. <laughs> no, no. You created a Facebook group, invited all of your church members, regular attenders to be a part of it. And you say, hey, this is our Facebook group where we can share prayer requests and talk about things and just basically be an online community. But what often tends to happen? Crickets, no comments, no shares, no nothing. However, you have people in there but no one ever interacts. And then when people do interact, then all of a sudden, or they post questions or they need help or they need something. And then when no one responds to them, now they actually have the reverse effect of what you're hoping that Facebook group does. Or rather, oh, it's a community where we can all be a part of it. They're like, no, I'm here, but nobody else is here. But I know they can see the post, but no one's doing anything about it. So the question is, is should churches use 
Facebook group. And if you would have like full-fledged asked me this question, my answer to this question is yes, only if you are able and willing to put the legwork into your Facebook group to make it count. So if you're going to be one of those churches that says, yes, we're going to have a Facebook group, here are five different things that you need to keep in mind in order to make sure that your Facebook group is successful and does exactly what it needs to do. Number one, you need to know exactly why you have that Facebook group, what the purpose of it is, and then follow that yourself. In other words, if you have this Facebook group, say we want to share prayer requests and do family updates and pictures and share funny things, if you tell people to do that and then you aren't doing that, do you think anybody else is going to step up and do it? Absolutely not. The second thing you need to keep in mind if you decide yes to have a Facebook group is expect many people to not interact inside of your Facebook group unless they have a real reason and also chose themselves to join the Facebook group. You'll probably notice that when you get invited into all these other people's Facebook groups, you're not really feeling like you have to interact inside those Facebook groups. It's more of like, oh, my friend invited me into this, or uh, let's be honest, a lot of the pyramid scheme, the MLM, if I offended you, I apologize, it'd be what it'd be. But those MLM groups, and they have a Facebook group for all of their, uh, uh, I almost said kitchen name, that's not true, Panford Chef or Posh or Monet or whatever Facebook group they decide to have. You're like, oh, I probably should join, but I'm never gonna interact with it. It's just so I don't look like a bad person to my friend. The same goes true with your church Facebook group, where if you're inviting people into this Facebook group, that's not a bad thing. However, I think a better strategy was in part of your new members course, you talk about this Facebook group and then let people choose to go into that Facebook group. Don't be scared to invite people. That's totally cool. But you need to set the vision and let people know why you have it. And then when they get into there, they need to see some actual dynamic activity inside of there. And in fact, this is number uh, reason number three, the third thing you need to keep in mind if you're going to use a Facebook group is that if people are invited to join a Facebook group, they are less likely to not interact. So um, I guess I combine number two and three. Number two is supposed to be just expect people to not interact unless they want to. And then number three is if people are invited to join a Facebook group, they're not going to interact as much. So I guess I combine number two and number three. So let's move on to number four. All right. So should churches use Facebook groups? If so, you need to make sure that either you as the pastor or your church pastor is willing to show up a lot inside of that Facebook group. You know, I really, really loved what this one person said in comment to my post about should churches have a Facebook page? And they said during COVID, their pastor went live to have their Sunday afternoon prayer gathering right there inside of their Facebook group. And in fact, I can even testify to this where inside of my own Facebook group for RTC, if I personally don't actively post inside of that group as the owner, as the voice of that podcast, as the host, People don't interact with it. I did an experiment a little bit ago where I said, I'm not going to post anything inside of this Facebook group for just like three or four days and just see what happens. And you know what happened? Pretty much nothing. <laughs> Pretty much nothing happened inside of this Facebook group. Sometimes people would post groups and or post questions inside of there or maybe a quote once in a while, but there wasn't a whole lot of interaction. In fact, I'm even scrolling through my Facebook, Facebook group right now that I oversee, and there are some people who post some pictures and some other things in there, but if I'm not actively in there commenting on other people's posts or me posting myself, 
There's not a whole lot of other interactions that's in there. And one of the strategies that I actually started doing was that whole strategy of how can you have engaging type posts put onto your Facebook page where you're asking people questions or fun facts or fun stories or whatever. Um, I started doing that inside the Facebook group, and I've actually found that we've had so much more response to those fun questions, such as what are the top three words that come to mind uh, when you think of what it means to be a true friend, I've even done um, the you know the song "Count Your Many Blessings." Name them one by one. Name some blessings. My favorite one so far, though, is I posted a picture of some bacon with six different options and said. Uh, which option you take? And I'm taking number three for how crispy or raw you want that bacon. That thing had so many comments and reactions and interactions. It was absolutely terrific. But out of the 564 members that we have inside of the Facebook group, most of my Facebook posts inside of that group only reach, this one reaches 273. That was a meme. But most of the posts that I do only reach between 150 and I would say 250 people in general. So literally over half the people inside of my Facebook group are not even seeing my Facebook post. And the amount of people that are actually interacting with that is even less. So if you want people to engage in your Facebook group and you say, hey, this is what this Facebook group is all about, but you as the pastor or your pastor is not showing up in there and having live videos or just pictures or funny questions or funny memes he's sharing in there, the chances of anyone else interacting inside that Facebook group literally instantly diminishes because here's the cool thing, right? The cool thing about being a small church is the pastor's not a celebrity. There's not six, 700 people that this pastor has to care for. There's literally only a handful of people. So if the pastor is constantly engaged in this Facebook group, if you as the pastor is constantly engaged in this Facebook group, this is a great way to interact with other people inside of the four walls of your church. And then if you wanna take your Facebook group to the next step, this is the fifth thing you need to keep in mind if you're gonna have a Facebook group is there needs to be what they call conversation starters in the group to make it function as well. So it can't just be the pastor who's always posting stuff inside the Facebook group. You need to talk individually with people inside of your inside of your church as a part of that Facebook group and say, would you be willing to be a conversation starter inside of this Facebook group, knowing full well that it may not happen. Now, this may happen organically as people feel more inclined or comfortable with engaging online, or you might need to step up and actually ask people to do it. But at the end of the day, if people are not actively posting inside of this Facebook group and interacting inside of this Facebook group, that means nobody else is going to interact with it. And then as you invite more people or tell more people about it, they join this Facebook group, they see this is just basically, uh, I don't know what you would call it, um, a cemetery for your Facebook page for your church, which is not a good sign at all. So here's the deal. If you decide that you're gonna have a Facebook group for your church, it's going to be an uphill battle if you have one for your entire church. So here's the question then, is there a better strategy then rather than having an entire Facebook group or a Facebook group for your entire church, is there a better strategy to use Facebook groups for your church? And when should you use Facebook groups for your church? I got four more points under here. We're gonna keep rolling with it, all right? So when should you use Facebook groups for your church? The first one is if you have certain ministries that you would like to share photos 
of privately, like the kids or the student ministry. So if you're taking a bunch of photos and you want to share all these fun little kid photos with all the various people inside of your church who are part of this ministry, or let's be honest, maybe uh, families from the community who are part of your Awana program or Olympians program, you can say, hey, we have a Facebook group dedicated to our Awana program where you can see pictures and updates throughout the night. It's a private Facebook group. So just request to join, fill out these basic questions, and we'll invite, we'll let you into the group. Just like that, you are staying above ground with not just slapping people's faces or kids' faces all over the internet, but you create a safe place where you can post pictures of minors and that way parents can interact and see photos and maybe even take those photos off of Facebook and use them however they want if it's of their kids. But if you have certain ministries that you would like to share photos of privately, like again, kids or student ministries, a Facebook group is a great solution for you. Also, if you have ministries where you would like to pass information back and forth but don't wanna use email or text, like such as a Facebook, not a Facebook group, I said this is a Facebook group, (laughs) but like a prayer ministry, a prayer group where you wanna share updated prayer requests back and forth, but you don't want a big, nasty, long email chain, a Facebook group is another great solution for you because you're not expecting to, for lack of a better word, actually have engagement on these posts. You're really only having maybe five or six individual people inside of this one group, but then it now all of a sudden stores as like a database for the different prayer requests you have going on back and forth, an active update of prayer requests as you've received them from the congregation. That would also be another great use for a Facebook group. Another one is if you want to have a more private context for the pastor to go live to just the church. Okay, so maybe you have your weekend service, but every single week your pastor wants to do like a check-in or a video or if you as the pastor, this is a great idea. So you're gonna say, hey, we're gonna go live inside of our church Facebook group. Every Wednesday, we are going to talk about this. And then if you want to take it to the next level, record just the audio and make a podcast version of that. That's pretty dope as well. But if you want to make it where it's only for your church members, a church Facebook group to go live inside of that Facebook group is a great solution. But you got to make sure, like I said before, you got to make sure you are doing it actively, telling people when you're going to go live inside of that Facebook group and make sure you do it. So if you want to have a weekly prayer gathering, devotional time, or you just don't want to use Zoom and a Facebook Live is a great alternative, A Facebook group for your church is a great solution for that. And that goes back to the why you have the Facebook group and telling people what to expect out of that. And then the fourth one is, is if you have a very specific small group, Bible study, or growth track that you want people to interact with inside of the week, a Facebook group may be a good thing. Because again, we're trying to develop community around this idea. So if you have a small group where maybe you want to go beyond just like a group text or something like that, which to be honest with you, the best thing ever for a small group is just group text. I'm just going to flat out say it for us millennials. But if you have like a Sunday school class where there's like people coming in and out, but you say, hey, we're having a very specific Bible study on this passage. It's not a small group. It's more of a teaching type segment. We want to have a Facebook group to help people interact with it inside of the group so they know what's coming, what happened, check-in points, all that kind of fun stuff. A Facebook group may be a good idea for you. But I just want to put this out there, okay? If you decide that you are going to have a Facebook group for your church, not just your church, but any ministry of your church, you have to treat it as another social media platform that you need to choose to actively engage with. Because the less people interact inside of the Facebook group and the less you even interact inside the Facebook group, the chances of people seeing that content again drops down. So if you are gonna have a Facebook group, you can't just expect of, oh, if I have a Facebook group and I post something inside of it, everybody now sees inside this Facebook group. 
Facebook is always changing the game. So if you have a Facebook group, you need to treat it just like any other social media platform out there in terms of creating good content that is literally just for that Facebook group and be willing to engage inside of it. So you need to make sure you have the time, the bandwidth, the energy, and the stamina to do that Facebook group because if you just create a Facebook group for your church, say, hey, we just want you guys to jump in there, interact, and pray or prayer request or make requests or whatever, I can guarantee you it's gonna flop so hard right on its face. However, if you create an intentional why you have that Facebook group, what people can expect out of it in terms of, hey, we're doing this every Wednesday, we're doing this every Friday, Maybe, maybe a Facebook group is a good idea for you, but you just got to remember it's another social media platform that you need to treat just like any other social media platform out there and create good content for it. But no, a lot of people will not always interact with it and that you have to be willing to lead the way in that. So after listening to this conversation, you might be thinking, Mark, I don't know if I want to have a Facebook group for our church. Is there anything else we can do instead? Here's three different ideas that I think maybe you can do instead of a Facebook group to be more effective in your church communication. Number one is you can focus your announcements to only the platform and email. Here's what I mean, okay? Anytime something happens in your church, People don't need to get a thousand emails about it or a thousand notifications or a thousand text messages about it. Rather, what I like what our church does is every Friday, I know for a fact that we get a church email, okay? It has all the announcements for the upcoming weeks and events that are going on. And the pastor from the pulpit says, if you do not get this email, he has a printed version of it. He says, check it, read it, or else you will miss out on what's going on in this church. He does not read from that. He does not tell us what the announcements are. He just says, we have the announcements. Make sure you read them or you're gonna miss out on what's happening here in our church. But if you need a printout, there's some in the lobby on your way out. That is a great way to not abuse email or text messages or Facebook to just constantly get announcements out to your people. Train them to look for that weekly email where you have those news and announcements. And if you wanna reach out to very specific people about specific events, Make sure you have those groups inside of your church media software or your texting software to make sure that if you're emailing about like the old people Sunday school class, the young people ain't getting about it. Or if you're emailing or texting about a certain teenage mission trip, the old people don't need to know about it. Make sure you use your communication strategy or your communication avenues strategically and wisely. Another thing you can do is focus on connecting people to each other in person. That might sound really weird coming from me. We're talking about, no, podcasts, you can connect people offline. But at the end of the day, the goal is to get people to connect with each other and not even just connecting with each other in person. But number three, you can focus on providing great content online and then have plans to funnel them into other parts of the church so that they can then connect with each other even more. Because as people start to attend your church, they start to maybe join a Bible study or a Sunday school class or just have one or two friends, we all know that that is only the first, I would say the first step into actually getting completely engaged with church life. The best way for people to engage in church life is to start serving, whether they're in the kids program, whether in the student ministry, whether on security, worship, whatever it is. We all know that, yes, Sunday school and Bible studies are a great, great way to get connected, but sometimes serving alongside of people actually can create those better connections. So rather than just having a Facebook group and praying and hoping that people will connect on there, why don't we instead start actually putting down on paper, how can we get people to connect to other parts of our church body 
using Medium to then point them back to our church building to get them connected even farther. You can use podcasts as a teaching platform, but the goal of that is to hopefully to get them to come back to church to have different connections with other places, specifically inside of the church body. Another thing you guys can do to get people connected to the church body is anytime you guys have an event with a visitor, try to have people stationed where they're meeting those visitors, becoming friends with them instantly, like not like a weird fake friend, but having literally people have, um, what did our church used to call them? I don't know what they used to call them, but basically we had different people for each part of our sanctuary where if someone new sat there, their job was to go sit by the new person to interact with them. And then not even just interact with them, but say, how do they learn about the church? How do they connect it? And if it was through your digital platforms, now you know you won and you use social media and other different avenues of digital technology to get people to come into your building. And then the next question would be is, what are the next steps? for those people to get further connected to our church. So coming out of this conversation, is Facebook and are are having Facebook groups a good idea for your church? Honestly, only you can answer that question. Rather though, for me and personally, rather than creating Facebook groups around the idea of we just need to have one for our church for communication, I think there are better use of your time to wisely and strategically communicate with the people of your church. So if you were to ask me, Mark, should I have a Facebook group for our entire church? My simple answer is, you can do it, but it may not be the best idea for you. Well, guys, that's another episode of the Small Church Media Podcast in the books. Check out the free resource library. To be honest with you, I haven't updated in a little bit. I know that. Uh, life happens, but there still is some good content over there. So go to smallchurch.media, head over to the free resource library where you can get different types of social media graphics that you could use for your church starting right now. But if this podcast has been an encouragement to you, it would mean the world to me if you share this with another small church pastor, communicator, friend, or church inside of your network or in your community so we can continue to so we can continue to help other small churches use media to not just reach outside their four walls as an evangelism tool but to grow the face of their own congregation so if you're listening on any podcast platform that lets you leave a rate and review make sure you do that but also hit that share button and send this episode or the whole podcast over to another friend who could use this type of content Well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you guys again this week. Come back next week, same time, same place for a conversation. Hopefully, knock on wood, unless, you know, the barn blows down or the the creek creek rises too much or whatever. I don't know. But our conversation with Bobby King of small, or not small, of Hashtag Church to learn about the resource library they're creating to help other small churches just like you. So we'll see you guys next week on the Small Church Media Podcast. The Small Church Media Podcast is a part of Mark Hyde Creative.